0: From Potomac Fund Management, this is the Conquer Risk Podcast. Join us as we discuss the business of running an RIA firm and the practice of investment management. And now, our hosts. All right, welcome to today's Conquer Risk Podcast. Today's topic is, is quite frankly, uh, why the media is not your client's friend. We think that's a an important topic. Um, and it was brought to my attention uh, by a good advisor in Dallas. We were having lunch, and he said, look, this is something that, that he does on a routine basis. Is uh, For him, it was picking on Money Magazine, and he would buy the issue every year. It would have the best stocks to hold long term. Then do a, a presentation and show each of the previous several years and the fact that most of the stocks were different. Uh, the point is, if, if the stocks were the same every year, which they should be based on the title, you know the, the stocks wouldn't change. There's no reason for them to sell a magazine, and we think that's the basis for a good topic today. Manish, you want to talk about clickbait, a, a phrase that we use a lot? We'll uh, we'll dive right in.
1: Yeah, I think if you follow me on Twitter at all, which you should, at Manish kata <laughs> um, I'm no I'm no fan of the media, um, uh, especially the financial media, and I, I shouldn't be so cruel because their job is not necessarily to educate or frankly even report on the news it's to generate clicks and views to juice their ad revenue right and and maybe i'm overly generalizing but the point is they have teams and teams of people that sit in a room and ab test different links and titles and subjects and imagery to see what generates the most clicks and that's what clickbait is it's not necessarily providing an article that may even fit the subject line it's about providing some way for the user to click through and get to the end result and it doesn't matter the content of it right
0: yeah and would you agree that that clickbait is really it's become a more generic term it's not just for internet clicks and links it's really for, we can use the same same sort of heading for from a from a TV or magazine perspective as
1: well yeah i mean this is the the you know the new age version is is clickbait and, <laughs> and driving traffic right. that way so what's the official definition i forget i have it somewhere here content whose main purpose is to attract attention to get visitors to click on a link or a particular web page right you're just trying to drive right. traffic however possible and right. so one of the biggest ones that i can't stand and we always giggle about this and so I pulled one from CNBC they're becoming more of the number one clickbait offender these days and Amazon right or Disney or anything like that let's pick on Amazon if you invested a thousand dollars in the IPO in 1997 you would have blank and it, 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 right now, I think it's like one and a half million or something. And that's the subject. Billions and yeah, billions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, that, and that's a subject. And then they want you to click through. And then they have an ad and something else. And you get to the bottom. And here's why it's dangerous. Okay. So this is from an, uh, the Irrelevant Investor blog. And it was through 2016. So I'm not, I didn't feel like updating it. But here's the deal. So Amazon 1997 was the IPO the max drawdown from 1999 to 2001 was 95 percent right so you would have had to sit through that max drawdown of 95 percent from 97 to today yeah i I think
0: it's important to think about this you invested a hundred grand in that ipo you got five thousand dollars correct how happy are you yeah and and how likely are you to stay stay in (laughs) there that's why I like converting things to dollars because to me it just makes so much more emotional sense and that's that's what people are making
1: decisions on is their emotions. So well here ahead. so I got some more. So it declined 15% in just 3 days 107 different times from 97 <laughs> to 2016. Oh right? The average intra-year drawdown over that period is 36%. Um, now intra year is a little deceiving, but the point is, you know, we like to everyone likes to pinpoint these year-to-date things. So on a year-to-date intra-year basis, the average drawdown is 36%. Now, wow. of course, that ninety-five that, makes the but still, I mean, there's multiple occasions of bear markets within the stock. And so stocks are risky, especially single stock portfolios if you ever had that. And that's the whole point about clickbait very few investors, unless they're locked into some stock options, are going to stick with something through this type of volatility. It's just not going to happen. But that's, that's what they use to get you going. So anyway, that's what I got on that. Well, it's
0: interesting that Amazon is going to be one of the three components in, in my statement in regards to, you know, your, uh, this is actually a, a, an example for, for internet usage, uh, the more traditional sense of clickbait. You know, Motley Fool is something that do-it-yourselfers, are, I mean, obviously they've got a huge following. It's been a very successful website, and they're giving you stock tips and investment tips all day long. <clears throat> well, in, in my research, I was actually started for looking for some money magazine stuff, and I came across this 2017 reference to three stocks to hold for 50 years, right? It's Amazon, Corning, and B of I, or actually it's Access Financial now. And And what I thought was interesting is if these are the best three stocks to hold for the next 50 years the uh maximum drawdown was of the three combined is 54% and and, and frankly like risk allies which a lot of our viewers uh, and and advisors we know use all three are above 90 now the s&p is only a 74 in risk right?
1: as of as of yeah as of whatever date you
0: Re- out, yeah. yeah recently okay. right recently so so, I mean, think about that for a second. The best three stocks to give a recommendation for are 90. Well more risky than the S&P 500. Yeah. That's insane. There's not a... a very, very, very few people are going to hold on to that. But you know what? It sells. Right? Hey, oh, the best three. Here's you know, here's this well, clearly you know, large, also, successful organization. They must be smart, and I should listen to them.
1: And the other thing, we can bring this up in the future podcast, is the Nifty 50, you know, where they were you know, pushing this on investors, how these 50 stocks will, you know, will, will be a, a great core portfolio. And I, I want to go back and look, I guarantee, you know, most of those aren't even aren't around. And to your point, I just want to point, you know, something out. I use Amazon, Amazon's obviously a volatile stock, but you can go back and look at Disney, Coca-Cola, it doesn't matter. Yep. It's still, they still go through these bouts of volatility. So anyway, sorry to interrupt you. No, no, that no, that's okay. Again, I just wanted to provide a real example
0: of actual traditional clickbait. Um, So, in reference to uh, uh,
1: you, you've got some another TV example, correct? Yeah. Well, back back to my uh, CNBC uh, hatred, Uh, Jim Cramer, (laughs) and you know, booyah, and you know, slamming on buttons and red lights, and 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 so I I actually do not dislike Jim Cramer. I find him very knowledgeable. So this is not a Jim Cramer, you know, hatred speech here. But I think what's important for advisors to understand and to make sure their clients understand is that Jim Cramer is an entertainer. He's not an investment advisor. He doesn't manage money, I don't think anymore, maybe for his charitable trust. But his sole job... I I don't believe he is licensed any longer. Okay. His sole job is to entertain. And that's just another version of clickbait, right? So he's come right. out on record to say that the best way to invest is for the investors to choose stocks, pick the right stocks, and then know when to sell. And, you know, the average investor isn't going to probably diversify among those stocks. They're probably going to pick, you know, the five or 10 stocks they know or like and then and then sit through those declines. And so I think it was uh, University of Pennsylvania, I got to double check, that did a study, and we'll include that in the show notes, where, um, mm-hmm. You had found this for me, the, the Kramer bounce, where they went back and tracked yeah. that, you know, when he comes out and recommends a stock or talks about a stock, there's a 3% spike and sometimes up to 7% for small cap stocks over the next 12 days. And then it right. rescinds back to its original price. And so he does have an effect. It, you can't say that, you know, you should ignore him. It's in your face. It's booyah. And it does have an effect. And it's it's clickbait. Yeah, I think it's interesting that, You know, that
0: that he has an effect. And what I find even more profound is the fact that that reference is in Investopedia. I mean, think about that for a second not that investopedia is the world's greatest knowledge source for financial information but for it to make it something like the Kramer bounce to make it in, in there means obviously it's it's clearly something that has been identified talked about researched etc so you know it's just a, another interesting piece and well here you know, one, as we move one, forward. More, one more yeah. thing
1: on that I, I don't know yeah, you yeah. weren't here back then but in 2008 and nine I remember sending out this video of him uh, he was getting roasted on, I think it was John Stewart, where, you know, prior to the financial crisis, he, you know, wasn't necessarily out there talking about it and, you know, right. urging people to calm down and the system will work. And, and Stewart was blasting him and asked him, like, how much personal responsibility do you bear? And I think his response was that, you know, listen, his, his entertainment is, is what the, the whole gig is about. Right? And once right. again, I don't dislike him personally. I, I just think that it's, it's, it's a load of shit when they come out there and recommend stocks. You shouldn't be able to do that in an entertainment format, you, know, banging against whatever voice boards and making noises and stuff. It just I don't understand. Yeah, well,
0: you know, like anything,, you, know, you, you throw a little disclosure on there and suddenly it's okay. Um, a lot Oftentimes in our podcasts, what we do is, is I actually lay out some groundwork first. This time we wanted to do a little bit different. We've hit on a couple of these different iterations, some examples, some definitions, and now I want to want to put some foundation underneath this, right? When you're talking to a, an advisor is talking to a client, we want you to be armed, right? That's part of our our process, and I think it's important to know about the Radio Act and and the Fairness Doctrine. So, clear back in the late twenties, right? The Radio Act was a, a, a component where the SEC was was making the case and put guidelines in place, and this is in conjunction with the Fairness Doctrine that came about, and making sure that from a news perspective, everything should be fair and balanced, basically. That's the short answer, right? You you need to provide both sides to a story, a political story, a news story, a financial story, whatever the case may be. And, and you know, look, there are, like anything, give somebody power, things things occur. In the late 50s, 60s, You suddenly end up with that being used uh in the think about the the time period right we have communism issues um won't go into a lot of detail there but suddenly that those rules were being used to shut people up and and so by the time you get to the 80s right so now we've jumped from the 20s to the 50s 60s to the 80s suddenly cable companies wait what That's right. Cable companies started pushing hard against this rule because they said, wait a second, we need more opportunity. We need to be able to entertain. We need to do X, Y, Z. And in 87, there was a major, not a full repeal, but a major change to the fairness doctrine. And suddenly you start having opportunities for news shows, et cetera, where you don't have to be fair and unbiased. Now, again, I'm not trying to critique and say that that the fairness doctrine was the best thing ever and we should go back to it, but I do think it's important to understand that by the time you get to the 2000s and all the way up to 2000, 2011, when kind of the final scraps, I mean, this this had been moved to a congressional issue with the Communications Act, right? So all these things have finally been removed by then, which is really not that long ago. And you have the proliferation of lots of news sources again i say loosely news sources whether it's internet whether it's tv whether it's magazine where no longer is there a need or requirement to be fair and
1: balanced well news well now that we've gotten so you passed, gotta know that up front uh, now that we've gotten past your childhood memories from the 20s uh <laughs> in, in in today's world there's something that came up on twitter the other day where the guy posted a facebook ad from someone who and I shit you not, was recommending, guaranteeing, promoting 50% returns, um, how much money you can make, and you start digging in, they're not advisors, right? So to your point, there are no rules, and they can really say whatever they want. And so the argument was, is it up to the media? Is it up to Facebook to police that? But to hop on your point, it, it... it's all over. In today's world, it's it's more on social media where they, you can, I mean, anyone can get on there. If you're selling a newsletter, you can get on there. You don't have to register with the SEC and you can say whatever you want, guaranteed returns. And, and it's dangerous. And so, yeah, I, there's something that advisors need to make sure their clients understand, especially uh, when it comes to some of these. And, and so what, do you have any advice for an advisor that says, hey, how do, you know, I, obviously you guys are bringing up examples, but how can I, educate clients on things to look for
0: yeah I think the the first step is really it's funny this this goes somewhat to my recommendation uh, which we'll touch on more in a minute but uh, uh, a phrase that I think holds true and awareness is the first step to liberation if you understand what we are talking about and the fairness doctrine and the, the, the these couple of things and the examples we've given, then take a different approach moving forward and watch some of these things. Look at some of these things with that mindset that, you know what, Do, is there a bias present? And if there is a bias present, take a clipping save an article, you know, uh, make reference to it, because these are things that you can use to, again, educate your clients with real time or very recent, you know, material. Because, again, until you you sort of prove or validate to your clients that, hey, and and not every client is going to be this way, right? But let's face it, we all have some that spend a little too much time in front of the boob tube. And you know they're they're watching stuff, and then they're calling you and say, "Well, but I heard blah 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 is the best thing since sliced
1: bread." Well, so here's and you here's, know what? so here's Stop what I that. this here's what I do to to your point. This is I use a tool called Nimbus, and Nimbus is a Chrome okay. extension, and you know you can take a screenshot of anything right now with any tool. But what this does is it actually takes a screenshot of an entire web page, and so every oh, month cool. I do a monthly commentary, and if I find headlines, I save it and then put it in OneNote and sort of create an index of past headlines. So anytime a question comes in about another competitor or a research company that's now saying the bull market has 20 more years left, I can always pull back. Now, you have to be organized, but the point is I can always go in there and search for this group and see maybe they said the complete opposite four years ago banking on that no one is going to remember. So Nimbus is a tool I use. And we just talked about this the other day because I was trying to figure out a way to screenshot an entire page. You would think that would be intuitive and easy, but screenshot by definition is just to screenshot your screen. Correct. Um, and, and so that's a good way, to your point, to, to get clippings. Um, no one really has a newspaper anymore, Jeff, so you can't really say clippings. But um uh to, to if you screenshot. bought a magazine <laughs> yeah. you could save it yeah yeah in a, no, vanilla I, I folder, do, I... in a file cabinet <laughs> and lock it up
0: yeah um yeah i have an extra trailer behind the rig no i okay. yeah. uh no i do think that's important because one of the things especially true with the internet is an article they can go back and make adjustments and updates at any point right so to just save the link most people haven't thought this through. If you just save the link to an article that you want to use to educate someone, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be exactly the same. There could be flaws. There could be updates. They could move. Yeah, back to move websites. It. You know. Yeah, you, you go to use it, and suddenly your material is gone. So, Correct. you know, it is what it is. That's, uh, that's just another, another iteration. But I, I think along this line, I mean, we are in the investment business, so maybe you could speak to trade signals specifically, right? This is something that, again, I, I think there's, there's validity in discussing.
1: I, this really needs to be another podcast, but I'm going to talk about it real okay. quickly here. Just we, briefly. We're in an industry where there's newsletters. There's companies who, for 50 bucks a month, will just send you trade signals. Inherently, there's nothing wrong with that except the fact that they're not using that on actual clients they're just sending you the signals there's no accountability to me that's no different than listening to kramer or listening to a clip baked headline to buy your equities and and these uh, proliferate all over our industry you know this you can probably go right now and pull up 10 or 15 of them that do another nothing but offer advice through a trade signal right. or a newsletter uh, and it goes along those lines of the hypothetical stuff earlier but i think this is a good sort right. of entire podcast to dive into some of the the trade yeah. signals that we see out there yeah so all right well on that note uh do you have anything else you want to add to this topic no i got recommendations because i just all ordered right fire a new away, fire so, away. So, uh, go for it i live on the beach in florida and so my attire is limited to the same six or seven things so one of the things i've always wanted is shorts that you can work out in hop on into the beach in. And then if needed, you know, go out, whatever, to a bar or restaurant or whatnot. And Miles Apparel is a short that I started, a company I started using years ago. Uh, Not cheap, 50, 60 bucks, but these things have lasted now for four years. Um, They look brand new. They're unbelievably comfortable. And you can really wear them for days on end um, rather than the regular, you know, workout shorts that you Um, get all smelly and whatnot. So I I totally highly recommend them if you're looking for sort of an everyday short um, or or I think they make pants now too and other stuff, but I just use them for their shorts. Cool. Yep. All right. Easy enough. All right. So my
0: recommendation is actually going to be a little different. It's a a recommendation and a a challenge. I do want to challenge everybody to go watch this Amazon movie. It's something that uh, I would only do either by yourself or with a, a significant other friend. Uh, because uh, the Milgram experiment—it's called the experimenter—and it's about the Milgram study. He was a psychologist at, at Yale years ago. Of course, he's—it's uh, it, all about the an obedient study. And there's a lot of I mean, Winona writer. There's there's a lot of big names. J- uh, Jim Gaffigan, a lot of big names in this movie. But in short, what you're what you're looking at in this movie is take the ride through the understanding of the perception. And this is how we tie this back into the media uh, podcast. The perception that someone, in this case, wearing a lab coat, or as we could say, on TV or in a magazine, uh, provides to the viewer, and that perception is really critical here, because when a per- one of your clients, watches TV, they see that person as a, a person of authority, and therefore it must be valid. Again, without taking into account the, you know, the fact that this is entertainment. So watch this, and I challenge you to watch it and think about how this relates to the media piece. Uh, it's it's eye-opening. And by the way, I do have a psychology degree, so yeah, it's probably a little bit more interesting for me, but I definitely think it's worth a watch. It's something going to be a little bit different. So there you go. At least it's not
1: hip-hop, bro. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, on that note, I'm done. <laughs> All right, adios. All right, Peace, we're cool. out.
0: All opinions expressed by podcast guests are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of Potomac Fund Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Potomac Fund Management may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast.